Hey everyone, welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Per Ostrom, a partner and fractional CMO at Chief Outsiders, a provider of fractional CMOs for companies that need help with marketing strategy. So, Per, it is wonderful to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Let's dive right in. I know that when you're working with companies that hire you as a fractional CMO, one of your first tasks is to help them develop customer personas, which you know our audience are, are, are familiar with personas. But you know, just I, I'd love to hear you kind of define what a customer persona is, because even though I think most people have a, a sense of what that is, there, there might be different ways of thinking about it. So how do you define what that is? I think the way I define a persona kind of in my mind is like a sh- like a, like an avatar or shorthand for market segments. I think marketing segmentation is, is a hugely important activity for companies to do. They can't be everything to everyone, so they have to think hard about which parts of, of a market they want to service. And once the market has been divided into segments and they target a few segments that, that have the best opportunities for, for success, it makes a lot of sense to kind of put a, a human face on that segment. And to me, that, that's where the different personas come in. And so a lot of the companies that you're working with, they either haven't really done this or maybe they've done it, but they, it could be better or something like that. Yeah, usually what you see is the, the salespeople and sometimes the well other people at the company that have customer interaction, like customer service or technical service, lab folks, sales leaders, people like that. They have an idea about who they're talking to, but oftentimes they, they don't generalize it enough and they don't take that step back to think through you know, this is not just a question of, of dealing with an individual, but this individual has certain needs and, and wants, and the company that the individual represents also has certain needs and wants. And those need to be spelled out and, and thought through. Right? And that, to me, is, is one of the main benefits of, of doing a, a persona exercise. So let's get into that exercise. So let's say that you're starting more or less from scratch. Where do you, what does that process look like to start building a persona. The first steps in, in my mind is, is always to understand who you're currently dealing with at your best uh, customers, at your best accounts. And there's a few different ways of, of getting to that. So assuming that you're a small team, maybe of marketing people, maybe, you know, I'm involved, maybe somebody from sales. So you start with, with making a list of titles. Who do the salespeople interact with at the customer? What kinds of, of titles do they have? And then we look in, in the customer list because usually a, a good mailing list will have some information like titles and departments people work for and so on. And, and that'll also give us some hints. Who, you know, do they have engineer in the title? Are they directors? Are they managers? Are they individual contributors? All of these little clues gives us kind of hints to what their interests and, and what their worries and concerns are, which is, is really what you want to address in the persona. And you can also have some idea by talking to people that actually interact with them. You know, are they, are they male or female? What kind of education level do they have? What type of language should we be using with them? Have they worked in purchasing for a long time or are they rotating into purchasing from an engineering role? Because you talk to an engineer and a purchasing person in a different way because they have different concerns. 
And I think the next step, which is really, is really critical is to ask yourself, okay, now we have a list of titles. We know who we're currently dealing with. Who else gets involved in the purchasing process? Who else is on the purchasing team? Because in B2B, it's very seldom a single person making all the decisions, right? So you want to understand the next level up. If you're talking to managers who are the directors, if you're talking to directors who are the VPs, and you also want to understand the composition of the purchasing team. So you might be dealing with the engineers or the chemists that are working on a formulation or a, a design, but th there's somebody that, that has a, a more business perspective to it. There's somebody that has a purchasing perspective to it. So you have to be able to understand who these different influencers are on the decision and understand who the, the, the ultimate decision makers are too. All of these people you describe in personas. So even for a small company dealing with mid-sized customers, you might end up with, you know, a half dozen personas for a specific deal or, or for a specific interaction. And then multiply that with different divisions, perhaps of a company, or if the company is doing business in different countries, because it is going to be different in different, you know, parts of the world. And now all of a sudden you have a, a library of, of personas. So as you said before, a persona is like a generalization, right? It's sort of like you're, you look at a segment of your audience and you say, okay, well, what, what are the traits, generally speaking? What drives th this group of people and so on? And you build the persona kind of based on that. But then when you're actually talking to real people, those, of course, are going to be unique individuals. And as you just said, you're, you're never just talking to one person. It's usually a group. So within any given segment that's represented by that one persona, there's just going to be a ton of variation from person to person and group to group. And that might differ by industry and so on. So is it fair to say that the persona kind of narrows the angle somewhat and kind of gives you some broad parameters and, and then allows you when you're actually talking to a specific person, you have something to work with. But then, of course, each individual interaction is going to be different and, and possibly very different depending on who you're talking to. Does that sound about right? Yeah, sure, sure. It's almost like, like a persona is a, a simplification and exaggeration of your segment, of your target segment. So the really important decision points for that segment need to be baked into the different personas. But each member of the purchasing team is going to approach it slightly different. So you, you do need to cover all of these points. And I think that's, that's kind of where the selling skill comes in later. If you have good salespeople, they will understand what type of, you know, what personality they're dealing with right here. And that needs to be overlaid on top of the persona. So the persona is really good and really helpful for preparing for the call. But when you do the actual call, you know, presentation or phone call with the, with the client, you, you have to leave everything behind and really listen, you know, to what they're saying. Okay. So the persona is kind of the starting point, not necessarily the end point. Okay. So it seems to me that if you've done a good job of building these personas with enough detail, then as you said, when you're preparing for a, a personal interaction, it, it gives you a starting point and it kind of allows you to make a certain set of assumptions about how to direct the conversation, what this person cares about, right? Because you have to, because otherwise you could just do endless amounts of prep and research without really exactly knowing where to begin or where to end. You know, a persona is, is a really good nail on the wall where you can hang things. And it really helps you in a systematic fashion go through 
what are the needs of the organization? What are the unmet needs that your product or service is going to, to meet? But also, what needs does the individual have? So if you're dealing with purchasing people, oftentimes they will get measured on how many deals they handle in a year, you know, how much they push prices down from, from one year to the next. And so that's, that's the kind of, of conversation you need to have with them. If you deal with engineers or chemists, then it's going to be very technical in nature and, and you will have to, to try and, and transmit to them you know, how your product will, will make their design cheaper or ha- make it run faster or make it easier to service and, and lower the, the total cost for them down the road. If you sell a service, you have to somehow show that, you know, if you let us handle your uh, purchases of a certain type of product, then we will make it a lot cheaper because we can source it and sell it to you cheaper than you can source it yourself. So there, there's all these these things that you need to think through in how you talk to to every person, what's important to them, but also what's important to them personally. How do they get evaluated? At the end of the year, you know, what makes for a good engineering manager and, and what makes for a less successful engineering manager? And if, if you help them be successful, chances are that they're going to be a lot more interested in talking to you. Okay. And so the personas there can be really helpful given that an engineering manager probably from across different verticals or whatever is going to have a lot of those same concerns, right? They're going to be judged and measured in, in, in probably pretty similar ways. So now when you work with a company that's already built some personas, or at least they're in the process, but you know, you take a look and you're like, mm, okay, we need to, this could be better, right? What mistakes do you see people making when they're going through this process, you know, like on their own? Sometimes you see them, you see people kind of be taking it too lightly or working it too quickly. And oftentimes you see very junior people work on the personas when really the people that have the most use for them are, are much more senior people, you know, senior sales executives, senior salespeople. I would always advise companies, even if it's a small company, to pull a small team together to work on the personas. It's okay to have a junior marketing person out of college kind of pull it all together and, and, you know, supply the framework and all. But if the experience, the industry experience isn't there, it's not going to be a good persona. So you need to make sure that the executives have their input. You know, they might have been dealing with people in this industry or this segment for 10 or 20 or 30 years. So even if things have changed along the way, they have some general ideas around, you know, who, who the people are. They might know them personally and so on. I'd say involve senior people and involve sales in, in this. Don't make it a marketing effort, but involve the sales team. Because in many B2B companies, you know, sales really are the ones kind of driving the business ahead and, and marketing is, is more of a support function as much as it pays me to say so. <laughs> but that's the reality, right? So sales need to be on board and they need to understand that it's helpful and it needs to be relevant. Right, because sales has the most direct interaction with the actual real people that you're building the personas to represent. So, so that, that seems like good common sense. And something else that I'm hearing in what you're saying is that one hallmark of a strong persona is the level of detail that's gone into constructing it. And so if you have a more junior person essentially putting these personas together, they, they, just, they aren't going to have the level of experience and time spent with the actual real people not enough of that to build a detailed enough persona that a more senior person could build. And, and it all really comes down to the nuances and the detail. Does that seem right? 
Yeah, it, it's it's the details to some level, but but even more important is kind of the tone, the general direction, the general tone of the of the profile of, of the person in question. Because it, it is possible to go too much down a rabbit hole if you make a persona too detailed. But what you really want to hit on it is the really important factors that matters to that person. Like the example I used earlier, when you talk to a, a purchasing person. You know, you want to be easy to do business with, you want to be transparent, you want to be easy to reach, you want to be fair, you communicate, almost over-communicate. When you deal with an engineer, they don't necessarily want to hear about pricing and costs and, and things like that. They, they want to hear about functionality and performance, keywords like that. And those things are, are difficult to grasp if you're a junior person who recently started working in an industry or in a company. The, the flip side of this is if you work on a team with experienced people, it really kind of flattens your learning curve. So uh, it's a great way for junior people to learn a lot about the industry is to work on, on segmentation and work on personas. So again, I, I always encourage you know teamwork in, in that respect as well. So wrapping up here, what's your advice for marketing teams that are in the process of developing personas? Aside from, of course, hiring a fractional CMO, that I think goes without saying, you should check that out. But let's say uh, alongside that, or you know, what what's your main kind of takeaway for teams that are in this process and maybe doing it for the first time? Number one, set aside some time to do it. You know, make the first meeting a half day meeting and make sure to have the right people in the room. You know, agree on kind of a format. This is what the format for the persona is going to look like. And then, you know, divide and conquer. These are the different things that need to go in the, in the persona. So let's work through, uh, you know, the top four or five that we are pretty sure we're going to need. Let's try to straw man them out or put at least a, a little skeleton in place for each one and then divide, you know, salesperson X, you know, will work on this one. Salesperson Y will work on that. Sales manager. Z will work on this and then diverge, right? And then do your work and come back a week later and, and put it all together. And then have, have a, you know, another set of eyes or several other set, sets of eyes look at it as well. And be happy when it's 80% right, right? Because it's better to be 80% right than precisely wrong. It's like everything else in marketing. It, it's, a, uh, it's not an exact science, but it can be hugely, hugely helpful for your business development work. And, and at the end of the day, you, you want to close those deals and you want to grow the revenue. That, that's really what, what marketing can, can help out. That sounds like a great example. And it goes back to, I think, what you said that you need to, this, this is something that takes time. It's not something you just sort of cobble together and like, all right, we got the general gist. Let's, let's move on. It's really something worth spending a considerable amount of time on to really have in place as a kind of foundational piece of your sales and marketing strategy. Yeah, I agree. Parrot, thanks so much for uh, for all these insights. I think this is really useful and really interesting. So thanks for your time and for uh, for sharing your thoughts. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. The, the, this was this was really enjoyable. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. 
Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.